0: Stories from California Cattle Country is produced by the California Cattlemen's Foundation and receives support from the California Cattle Council. We've created this podcast for those wanting to connect with the people and practices of far-flung ranches and dairies in California through hearing stories from and learning more about the families from cattle country. We hold semi-annual brainstorms for subject matter for this podcast. Our mission, of course, is to feature California ranches and dairies to communicate the practices to the people not directly involved in agriculture, After my first ranch visit, before I officially worked for the Cattlemen's, it was my opinion that people not involved in agriculture like myself are able to simply visit a ranch or dairy. A lot of common misconceptions would be assuaged. And these brainstorms often include subjects I find fascinating that are, let's say, ranching adjacent. For instance, I've been pining to do an episode on oddities like cow tipping, which is not a thing. One of my earliest subjects was exploring Santa Maria-style barbecue. I'm a big fan of wood smoke on meat, And Santa Maria barbecue is specific and uniquely Californian. I graduated college in 2001 and moved to Los Angeles. My wife was still in college, and we worked for minimum wage with considerable rent. We weren't able to eat out much. One luxury was the discovery of tri-tip. At the time, it was $1.99 a pound. A single tri-tip would be enough for two meals and maybe a sandwich or two. It was on every weekly shopping list. About a year later, the price jumped about 300%. It seems that someone figured out that this odd triangular cut, hence the moniker tri-tip, was marketable. The cut is also known as a triangle steak, Newport steak, or Santa Maria steak. It gained popularity with butchers in the 50s in an attempt to preserve scrap meat. The tri-tip typically was just turned into ground meat. It's my opinion that when liberally seasoned, grilled over high heat to medium rare, and cut properly, it makes for good eating. The triangular shape of the cut allows diners to choose their level of doneness— Now, it's likely that the butchers in Santa Maria were eventually responsible for me not being able to afford the cut in the early 21st century. But the cut remained, and to a certain extent still remains, a West Coast thing. It's also likely that the fact that Cal only has two of these cuts per animal limited its popularity. I also assume a bunch of the butchers may just be hanging on the cuts for themselves. It's no secret that anything barbecue-related, especially regional barbecue, is meticulously discussed and interpreted almost like scripture. Tri-Tip and Santa Maria barbecue are no different. We'll have more on that later. Here's sort of a San Maria barbecue primer. So Santa Maria barbecue is said to have originated in the 19th century in the style of cooking performed by the pre-California Spanish vaqueros. It's a tradition that thrives to this day. As I mentioned, there are plenty of opinions about ingredients and processes. But this is what I gathered so far. The basics. Meat, primarily large cuts of beef, are seasoned with salt, pepper, and granulated garlic. Nothing more. They're then cooked over an uncovered live fire of red oak aka Coast Live Oak. The meat is typically accompanied with pinto beans, salsa, a green salad, and liberally buttered garlic bread. Now I've eaten a lot of smoked meat. I've cooked a lot of it too. I've experimented with different kinds of wood, like fruit wood, oak, and even mesquite. I have an offset smoker and three webers in my backyard. If you were to ask me a month ago, I'd probably say that I've run the gamut of meat and wood smoke possibilities. I can tell you now that Santa Maria Barbecue, which I haven't had until about a week ago, is truly unique. The practitioners at the Santa Maria Elks Lodge, 1538, which is the seventh largest Elks Lodge in the U.S. They no doubt source good beef, but the magnificence of the flavor is due to the red oak and careful cookery. When I arrived at the lodge, I was struck by its size. It kind of looks like a medical complex or something, with no discernible entrance. It's surrounded by a massive parking lot with huge awnings topped with solar panels. I'd spoken with the lodge secretary and kitchen manager, Phil Dayton. About my intentions to document their dinner service for over 600 Santa Barbara cattlemen. I made my way around the building and didn't see anything that looked like an entrance. I knew they had a restaurant and bar that was open, I just couldn't find it. At that moment, a gentleman, who I later came to know as Frank, walked up to a nondescript door and rang a bell. And he saw I looked confused. He said, You trying to get in? I followed him in. He stopped at a popcorn machine for a snack, and I made my way to the bar. The facility is huge, and the bar seats about probably 50 people with stools and tables combined. I was a little early and still needed to link up with uh, Phil, so I ordered a drink you know, at the bar. You the bartender, Mike, uh, said, do you have your card? No. You I replied, do you have your card? card? I don't have a card. You don't have a card? No, I'm here visiting. I didn't know, I don't know what the rules are. Uh,
1: you need to be a member or a guest of a member. Okay. To, uh, so what are you, just, in town
0: visiting somebody? We're doing a podcast on the cookery that's happening in the, uh, well, over the fire. Oh, I'm out there. Yeah. So, have you been out there already? Not yet. He said to come at noon. Phil did.
1: Okay, when you're Phil's guest.
0: Okay. Your oh, no. okay. For <laughs> Maker's on ice. Thank you. After a short time, I did meet up with Phil, and he led me to the cookhouse, where I first encountered a large auxiliary trailer-mounted fire pit with four piles of red oak, each with a propane wand, expeditiously turning the chopped wood into red-hot coals. I then entered a large cookhouse through a side door. The room was dominated down the center by a three-section fire pit, measuring maybe eight feet by 50 feet long. Being that it's an indoor facility, the entire pit is topped with an exhaust hood. The grates on the grill are able to be lifted and lowered over the coals to ensure proper cookery and assist with flipping or removing the meat more easily. The room was filled with aproned volunteer cooks commiserating and awaiting the moment to put the meat over the fire. In fact, there were so many volunteers, there were a dozen or so seated on the patio waiting for orders. One of the earliest things I wanted to do was just an episode on Santa Maria barbecue because it's special. This is Santa so, Maria style. It's so California. Yeah. It's so wow. Central Coast. Yeah. I've, I've seen in some places and some some chefs that in the area that there's some cuts that they don't do. They're like tri-tip goes to get ground. Like you guys do tri-tip too. We know? try not to. Now, story on tri-tip.
1: Uh, I, can't, I can't remember what his name is. Larry. 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 Larry Viegas. Larry Villegas. Yep. He is, butcher. He Williams. was a butcher you at... Wanna, yeah. You Want to read this while you're talking? No. <laughs> he was a butcher while well, he started at, at Santa Maria Market. That's right. And uh, anyway, he uh, was having a, a bunch of his family come to his house. He was a butcher over there. It's been 50 years ago. And so anyway, the cheapest meat there was, they made hamburger out of it. it was tried to eat then? I was oh, I'll take this and try it. So he took it there and tried it. I love this. And so then he started, you know, handing it out to his friends, try this, try this, try this.
2: This is great.
1: And that's where it's the um, hair comes up with my arms just
0: thinking about it. Cause, well, I remember, and, I mean, this is the the brick cookhouse walls are adorned with engraved wood plaques shaped like cow hides. For different members of the Lodge over its history, there's hundreds of them. As always, there are photographs of everything I'm describing available on our website, www.calcattlecouncil.org. They can also be seen on our Instagram account, at Country. In fact, we've already posted images from this podcast, with more to come. In this episode, we speak with Wayne Stahl, an authority on Santa Maria barbecue and member of the Santa Maria Elks for over 50 years. We then speak with Sue Benich, a Santa Barbara rancher and biologist, who also attended the Elks Dinner about ranching in such a unique environment and the importance of community. I'm Ryan Donahue, and this is Stories from California Cattle Country. Hello. Hey, is this Wayne? Yeah, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, and barbecued today as usual. When I was talking to Phil, I said I needed somebody that could kind of just explain Santa Maria-style barbecue to me and for the people that listen to the podcast, and he said that you were the person to go to.
1: Yeah, I'm still the Lodge's senior barbecuer. I've been doing it longer than anybody here. All the others have done gone away. You know, my name's Wayne Stahl. I'm a a 50-year member of the Santa Maria Elks Lodge actually started barbecuing before i was old enough to be an elk just happened to be the right place at the right time and you know they needed some of the younger kids to do some of the heavy work and i was one of them i was a big strong guy and so that's how i got introduced to barbecuing and then it, introduced to the elks I actually started barbecuing helping with the barbecues 55 years ago so been doing it quite a while
0: so my understanding is it's kind of a process i mean when i was there it was definitely like a. it was a, a big situation. I think they had, you know, almost 700 people or something like that. And they were cooking for that many people. But there was also probably 25 people that were ready to cook and ready to cook over the coals. Is there some sort of process between do you have to like chop wood first or you have to, you have to prove yourself in some way, shape or form? Or can you kind of just dive into cooking over the coals?
1: Uh, no, there is a process. Um, we bring guys in and uh, we'll start teaching them. The basics, uh, which is the trimming, uh, the beef, when we're doing the beef. You know, we do beef, chicken, pork. We do it all. The beef is the most prevalent. So, yeah, you start out at the bottom, which is the trimming. You'll start learning how to rod the meat, and uh, it keeps going. Then you'll be slicing the beef when it gets ready to go onto the table. And eventually, we get them over and kind of watching us do the cooking and we kind of turned them loose a little bit with uh, us watching them and telling them this is uh, what you need to do. And we tell the guys the same thing I was told when I was learning. you got to learn your own little method of doing things. Some people like cook a little higher, a little lower. You know, I was told it's not as important how you get there. It's what you have when you serve it on the table at the end that's important. So we, uh, we let them have a little bit of their own freedom as far as how they're going to cook it. But it's really critical, and we're pretty firm on a good quality meal that goes out. And we've been doing quality meals for 95 years, uh, the Elks have. So it's uh, we take it pretty serious.
0: If you had to sum it up in just a few sentences, I, I, I hadn't had Santa Maria barbecue until just like a week ago, honestly, and I'd read about it in different things. And I kind of I thought similar to, to other kinds of barbecue that I've had. If you were to sum it up in just a few sentences, what makes it distinctive from other sorts of barbecue?
1: There are really three things that make it more distinct to our style. One is the, the seasoning of the rub. Uh, we use a very simple seasoning and rub. It's salt, pepper and granulated and garlic. There's nothing else there. The second thing is the wood. We cook on red oak. Uh, The red oak that we use is native to this area. So uh, you can't get it anyplace outside this area. So that's the second. And the third is it's always an open pit barbecue. You see a lot of barbecues with closed barbecues that have lids. But ours, uh, it has to be on an open pit. So those are the three things that really set us apart from other styles of barbecuing
0: what i was most surprised by was the flavor of what i think comes from the wood smoke i mean obviously there's like the cooking is part of it and the beef that you guys uh source is part of it do you have a way to explain how because i really find the flavor from that wood to be very distinct and then other kinds of barbecue do you have any kind of description of that
1: it's a lighter type flavor it's not as strong But it is a little bit of a sweetness to the wood flavor that we get in that smoke Uh, where a lot of your other barbecues are a little stronger the smoke flavor stronger a little more bitter ours a little sweeter and a little lighter
0: yeah i find it had like I i i don't enjoy meat cooked over mesquite like there's just something about that flavor that bothers me. There's a part of it that I like, but then part I don't. And what I found with the, with the barbecue guys are doing it, it has like almost like a spice to it. Like the wood smoke actually creates kind of, not actual heat, but just, it has like, it's, it's its own spicy kind of flavor. Do you find that?
1: And that's the spiciness that I call sweetness. It's uh, in the lighter type of stuff. Like I agree with you on the mesquite. Mesquite's a very harsh flavor. Um, to me, it's a bitter flavor. Uh, very strong. So our smoke is really complementing the meat and the, the simple seasoning that we use and not overpowering anything. So you get a nice combination of tasting the seasoning, tasting the meat, and tasting that nice, light, sweeter type of flavor that we get out of the wood. Uh, even when you smell the wood, if you just pick up a piece and smell it, you can smell that sweetness. You can smell that lightness to it.
0: I used to work in restaurants like that's where I came from. I don't come from agriculture. So I've seen we've done caterings for big groups, not groups that like you guys do. You've gone out of your way to mention the importance of like service and hospitality and kind of how the guests receive things. Can you speak to that, the importance of that?
1: It's actually the most, I think, the most critical part uh, because we depend a lot on word of mouth and repeats. So. If we don't do a good job, if we don't treat our customers with respect, and yeah, you know, just uh, make them want to come back, and we have people that have been coming back to the Elks Lodge for you know 50 years, and that's why it's so important for us to maintain the style of barbecue that we do here at the Elks, and it's traditional, and we've never wavered from what was traditional from when the rest barbecue first started we've we maintained that tradition and people know that they're going to come back here and get the same quality meal that they've had before and get treated nicely and you know our wait waiting staff you know all the they're all volunteers everybody the barbecue crews everybody's all volunteers and the waiters and everybody are always polite and uh, to the customers and then they're all people are always welcome to come out and watch us barbecue, ask questions. We're we're proud of what we do, but we spread that how we do it around. In fact, I was going to tell you if you wanted to uh, text me your email later, I have the recipes that we've give away to people where there's nothing proprietary about what we do. It's not our secrets or anything. And as I have the recipes, I have how-to articles for the barbecue and the different types of foods and that we do and chicken and the beef. And we want people to be able to do what we do at home. You know, you watch some of these cooking shows and they're so complicated and so many rubs and they cook all night long. No, we want you to enjoy yourself with your family, friends at your house, and do the same quality meal we do here. What accounts for
0: the level of participation that you guys have in this process? Is it is it is it the elks itself, or is it a you know are they committed to the history of this kind of barbecue, or the area, or is it kind of a, a bit of both?
1: It's a little bit of both. I'm sure you noticed out at the pit. There's a lot of camaraderie out there. Everybody's all friends, and we have a lot of fun together. And like my crew, that uh, we're, we're retiring from it because I'm actually going to be moving to Arizona. So that's why I wasn't there the other night. We enjoy doing what we do, we're proud of what we do. And when you walk through the Elks Lodge after a meal and people are coming up to you and saying, Hey, thank you, you know, or other places, you talking about barbecuing for 500 people, the Elks. On two different occasions, we've barbecued for ten thousand. That's a good feeling. We we know we did something right, and people appreciated it, and they're going to come back. And so we just have a lot of fun together. Everybody's friends and family, and and that's what really draws them in. You know, they, 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 everybody wants to be a part of this because it's so famous, and so much fun.
0: I want to thank you again for your time.
1: Yeah, I said if you if you're interested in getting the recipes and the how-to articles sent to you, just text me your email and it's the bean recipe our salsa recipe the seasoning uh, how to cook all this stuff
0: all right well thank you so much wayne
1: no no problem if you have any other questions feel free to give me a call i will
0: i'll send you a message pretty soon so you can uh, with my email address
1: yeah the lodge night tonight i'm going to take a shower and and go in and have my a cocktail or two and then go into the lodge
2: Hey there, this is Sue.
0: Hey Sue, this is Ryan calling from uh, California Cattlemen's. Hi. How you doing?
2: Doing well, it's raining. I always love precipitation. Okay, my (laughs) name is Suzanne Benich. Professionally, most of my career was spent as a marine biologist. My husband and I bought a parcel on the Hollister Ranch. His family had a a large ranch in San Luis Obispo County. I come from, I'm a third generation farmer. My uh, parents were farmers in the Bay Area. They produced various orchard crops, cherries, apricots, pears, etc. Went to Cal Poly, and instead of ag, I went into marine biology. However, it came full circle when we bought uh, on the Hollister Ranch. It reignited my interest in ag and cattle specifically, and I started working with the cattle co-op over the years, probably about been 30 years since they started working with the cows. In, uh, I think it's 2010, my partners developed the LLC, Te Livestock. And that's kind of the story. And we've been at it ever since.
0: And what does a Te mean?
2: Te means I love you. And the interesting thing is our brand comes from my mother, who during World War II, was a private secretary. And in those days, they had to take down dictation uh, using shorthand. And our brand is basically shorthand for I love you.
0: That's awesome. I actually have, I'll, I'll include a photo. I have a photo of the, uh, the brand when I was uh, visited out there.
2: Yeah it's, descri- yeah, it's described as, you know, in the brand inspection thing, is described as a lazy backward six, lowercase hanging H. But what it really means, the first loop is the I, and then it, there's a slash that goes up and down. That's the love. And then the next loop, uh, half loop is the you. It's upside down you. So if you look at it, you can kind of see that uh, that's the shorthand for I love you. And she used to write it on everything she sent to every family member.
0: I know that you are a biologist, but also sometimes people find it odd that cattle are grazing right on the coast. There's been a significant amount of history of cattle grazing on the coast. Do you know anything about that history, even like pre-Californian?
2: Of course. You know, this was an area where, you know, the Spanish brought cattle in the mid-1700s. At first, missionaries brought the cattle over, and they had those ranch kitchens that were developed. And the Hollister Ranch was actually one of the first actual cattle ranch that was uh, producing cattle not for the missions but on their own and that was in the uh, 1790s. Yeah, this uh, area specifically Santa Barbara County has a rich rich history of cattle grazing on the coast and what it, it's the perfect place for it. You know, we have a mediterranean climate here which means we have mild winters and basically a a long growing season during the winter and spring. These coastal terraces produced uh, high-quality grasses all around. There's nothing that that I can see that's unusual about it. It's it's actually a prime location for grazing cattle.
0: And and then over time, I mean, I have to imagine the ecology of that environment. I assume that there were already grazers prior to cattle being there would be my assumption. Of course. And then cattle Mm -hmm. might have kind of replaced that. Can you speak to the benefits of having grazing to the local ecology?
2: That's a no-brainer. The The best ag use you can have for a natural landscape is grazing of some sort. It grew up with grazers. You know, if you want to go prehistoric, and you can go all the way back to mammoth, which were, you know, super grazers in the more recent past. You know, the elk, the pronghorn. You know, we had a lot of different kinds of grazers here, deer. All kinds of animal grazers that were, you know, pretty much removed by hunting and and subsistence of uh, the people that were here. It does replace that. And of course, grasses need to be grazed. In fact, all vegetation needs some sort of trimming. And so I my feeling is, and as a biologist and studying this well, I feel that everything is healthier because it is grazed in a manner that no other kind of management could do it. Because we have pretty rugged terrain, and a high diversity of various plant life. And all of that is kept in check by having grazers go through it.
0: You're in a unique environment, obviously, you know, I go to a lot of ranches in different places, they all have kind of their own issues, you know, some's lack of water, some has to do with terrain, you know, some are, are on leased land that you know, they have trouble with. Are there any difficulties to to operating in that area? Or is it pretty ideal?
2: both ideal and difficult what makes it unique let's talk about santa barbara county what is unique is its location location and location the location being both geographic location topographic location and demographic location with regard to geographic location just like all of california we're in a Mediterranean climate But beyond that, we're at a point along the coast where we have a southern warm current meeting in northern cold current, which brings in a biodiversity from both northern California and southern California. So we are basically a biogeographic transition zone, which makes it even more, having even more diversity than other places in California. So that is a a really lucky thing. But also in Santa Barbara County, we have topography that is interesting as well. We have the transverse ranges, really high mountains. We have coastal influence. We have deep valleys that draw in, uh, in coastal fog. So in a way, our climate is really diverse. On one side of the transverse ranges, it, it could be 30 degrees difference in temperature during the summertime because of the coastal influence and the uh, high mountains and valley influence. There's, again, extremes in local weather, which makes it both advantageous and difficult for running cattle because we have, uh, Tamil has cattle in both along the coast and in the valley. And then I think the final thing that makes it difficult and, on the other hand, there uh, is an advantage, our culture. We're really close to Los Angeles and we're in a high tourist area. So there's a lot of traffic and there's a lot of people that don't understand the concept of grazing cattle and what it does for the environment. And on the other hand, over in the San Inez Valley, that's sort of like the pinpoint of the vaquero and the, the Californio. This was an area which grew up understanding, you know, the breeding of good horses, uh, good cattle horses, that cattle industry is promoted there. Santa Barbara County is a county of contrasts, and uh, you just tiptoe through it, being careful to understand the very strong variations. You know, where we are, you know, as far as population, where we are as far as biogeography, and where we are in you know, a geological manner. So balancing all those in, in the, the long view is what we do. You can't do any better as a, a landscape manager, and we're talking about ecological landscapes, which an ecological landscape is, is the, the large view of smaller ecological units. Uh, say like a grassland is, is one unit. Uh, Scrubland is another unit, riparian corridors, another unit, all those different uh, ecological systems in one large landscape is what I define as the ecological landscape. And we have incredible number of diverse landscapes here on the Central Coast.
0: You know, I know the, the life of a rancher is, is very busy and there's not a lot of time to hang out with, you know, your friends or cohorts. You know, last week there was, I think, over six, maybe 700 people at the Santa Maria Elks Lounge for that steak dinner. How important is that for you guys to to attend that, take time out of of your day-to-day and attend it?
2: Well, I think it's important one time during the year where not only the ranchers get together, but all those associated with ranching. And like, uh, the stores, the supply stores that we use, the veterinarians that we use, you know, all the, the entire supply chain in the ag community gets together and looks one another in the eye and say, hey, how you doing this year? It, it's a really important thing just to touch bases and remember that we're all in a community.
0: Do you have any opinions um, on Santa Maria style barbecue? Just, you know, the barbecue <laughs> over. Do you love it? I love you, it. Okay, love it. Are you not sick of it?
2: Oh, no. You never get sick of it. It's good. It's really, really good. And the Elks? Are you kidding me? I don't know how they do it for so many people.
0: Thank you again for your time. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We'll be back in two weeks with stories from Point Reyes. Thanks for
1: listening.